Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. In this episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast, I'm going to really try to take a little pause and reflect on a few things that I've seen in my clinic over the past year. And also, I'll set you up for the upcoming couples relationship specials that we will be doing on the podcast before entering the second season in 2021. And in this episode, I'm really thinking about some of the tough, tricky subjects that we have already discussed quite a lot in 2020. So some of this may be triggering for you. That is not my intention. My intention is just to help you make a little bit of space for or reflect a little bit on some of the things we have learned from the lockdown experiences we've had and the global pandemic overall, so that we can start to think about any lessons we've learned on life and on love. Let's dive in. So one of the most common things I've been talking to people about over the past year, other than helping them cope with the immense impact on their mental health that this global pandemic has had, one of the most common things apart from that has been about what matters to me. How do I want to live a meaningful life? And these are things that have come up in people's reflections far more this year than ever before in my clinic. That even if we've been working on treating a psychological difficulty for someone like anxiety or depression or perfectionism or stress, running through the background has been this idea of, is this how I want to live my life? It's almost like when we've been pushed into these extremes, when everything we took for granted has been stripped away, people have started to reflect on, well, what do I want from life then? And I wonder if that's been because we've had more time to reflect and think. Not time in a relaxing kind of way. No, by all means, people have been stuck with homeschooling and perhaps caring for elderly parents, or worrying about loved ones. Um, maybe being on furlough or fighting really hard to keep their jobs. So no, it's not been time in a leisurely fashion, but it might have been time that we've been forced into because our other engagements have been stripped away. We've been stripping away some of the busyness, all the previous parties and our kids' birthday parties and weddings and all the things that you previously you were spending your weekends with. Maybe all the fun things you were doing with friends are now not happening. Certainly, we have a void. It's almost like staring into the abyss. People have been thinking, oh, wow, actually, I'm, I'm not sure that this feels right in my life. It's almost like there's a sound of dissonance. And dissonance is almost like an unpleasant noise, which we can get when there's a bit of a gap between what we think is most important to us, what matters most, and how we currently are behaving. If there's a gap between them, then it's almost like we do have a dissonance in our life. So why is that unpleasant sound of not living my most meaningful life? 
And when I'm saying my most meaningful life, I don't mean like my best life, hashtag brilliant things every day. I don't talk about, you know, the level of toxic positivity that we can get from things like positive vibes only stuff. When I say meaningful life, I mean living life light and dark. I don't mean a life where we're chasing eternal happiness and constantly feeling happy and joyous and loving every moment with with our kids. I'm talking about a life that is in line with your values. A life that you think you're doing what matters most to you. So let's take a moment to reflect on that. What matters most to you in how you work? People might have been thinking more about how they want to work more flexibly, having more hours from home, maybe cutting out their commute that was really, really draining them, being able to pick up their kids from school or nursery instead of having help to do that, or working shorter hours overall simply because they've noticed that they feel more well in themselves when they're not spreading themselves so thin. Perhaps people have been quitting their jobs because finally realizing that their boss was a bit of an asshole and actually working in a different setting and a different environment might feel more compassionate and conducive to their well-being. It's really helped people move away from doing what doesn't work for them. Some people have been thinking about this as an opportunity to start working for themselves, maybe finally following a business idea or a long-term entrepreneurial dream. Some people have, in my clinic, moved to a different country and still kept their jobs that they had uh, in London, but then working from another place entirely. So things have been possible in a way this year that they've never been before, which is really odd because you think everything has been so impossible, everything's been cancelled. But people's dreams, people's way of thinking of how to better their lives, that's never cancelled. It's just that maybe it's not been so possible for you to take all those steps right now. But when we strip away the busyness, when we strip away some of these things that you were filling your life with and you stare into that void and you start to think, maybe you then tune into, this is not quite right. Some people have told me that for, despite all the hardship that has been with having homeschooled kids or being on top of each other as partners, missing family and all these hardship things we've been experiencing, Despite that, some people have told me, I don't want to go back to what it was before. I just don't want to go back to a life where I spend 60 hours at work, coming home, being exhausted, never seeing the kids, or feeling like I'm constantly just a frazzled, shouty version of myself because I work too hard. So that is one of the discussions I've definitely noticed of how to work. What's going to be meaningful for me in how I show up at work so that I also have something left for my other life. And that is your life, you know? It's not just your other life, your work life and then your other life. The other life is your life. You know, we wanna make sure that we work to live, not live to work. Another area that people have been telling me about is how to spend their family time. How to get that, you know, quote unquote, balance between your work and your life. And I think of that more as the the integration of the different areas of your life, how you juggle these different domains, how you show up in a way that's meaningful for you at work and at home. I've talked to so many working parents. I've talked to parents who are also entrepreneurs. I've worked with so many people in this year where they've 
really, really struggle with this idea of how do I show up in my family life without putting that pressure of perfection on top of it. So many parents have told me that they don't feel good enough. They don't feel that they're doing enough. They don't feel that they are enough for their children. And this has been a royal shit show of a year. This has not been the time we want to add additional pressure. Pressure to homeschool perfectly, pressure to get everything done on your to-do list, pressure to get fit with Joe Wicks, despite wanting to actually just lie down on the sofa and rest. Pressure to lose that extra weight that you've gained because, you know, lots of us have struggled with our appetites and used food as a comfort. Pressure to make the most out of your lockdown by learning new things and renovating the house and learning to bake banana bread and cultivate sourdough. Yeah, you, I know you. I know, I know the people listening, that you might tell yourself that it's okay to not do everything on your to-do list, that don't worry about it if you come out of lockdown and you, you haven't done anything extra and you see all those other people on Instagram who've baked their bread, and but that's okay because one mustn't compare. And you know, that's, you tell yourself that it's okay to feed your kids fish fingers and chips, but deep down, you still feel a bit ashamed of it. You still feel a bit guilty, as if it isn't enough. And this is something I've heard so much over the last year, that people can logically, intellectually tell themselves and others that, you know what, I've done the best I could and that's fine, it's okay to take some shortcuts. But when I really sit with you, when I really sit with my clients, emotionally there's a different story. It feels like, yeah, I still don't feel quite like I've done enough. I feel like I've failed my kids. I feel like I've not been the parent I wanted to be. And that's the bit that we really need to tune into. How deep this goes. Because it is enough. You are doing the best you can with what you've got. And knowing that this discrepancy, this gap between how you think about that, what you logically tell yourself, And how you feel emotionally. This is a common thing. Having a gap between those. Having almost like a a lag between your, your head and your heart. So I want you to really think about this for a few moments. That how you want to work. How you want to spend family time. And how to look after yourself. This has been things that we've reflected on a lot in the past year. When we don't have things blocking us when we have don't have things taking up our headspace i've even seen clients start to consider childhood experiences and be reminded of earlier traumas and losses they've been through because we are currently all in a collective trauma with a universally shared stress response my friends emma swanberg and emma hepburn who are mammologists and the psychology mom on instagram they've talked a lot about this how this has affected our mental health and our parenting throughout this challenging time. So do go ahead and have a look at their Instagram accounts if you want to read more about this. I want to bring things to a close now, thinking about how much pressure comes from the outside. You know, the global pandemic is one ginormous pressure on your shoulders. And how much pressure comes from the inside your own expectations to be perfect, to get it right, to meet demands placed on you, perhaps by you, and making that worse with your own expectations to be perfect. So the world around you is already challenging. 2020 has already been so hard 
don't make it harder. Try to notice where these pressures and expectations come from and see what you can soften and let go of. See if 2021 can be a year where you do what you can with what you've got, rather than trying to do it all and end up being burnt out. So bringing this to a close now, let's think about looking forward for a bit. I've been thinking a lot about what I can do to help. I know people are tired of hearing of the pandemic and don't really want to tune into things talking about mental health from the pandemic, but this is not over yet. This trauma isn't over. There's a fantastic concept called post-traumatic growth, which I've talked about before on this podcast, which means that we can grow from hardship. We can learn and adapt and have meaningful things happen from something very challenging we've been through. The problem with thinking about post-traumatic growth right now is that the trauma is still kind of ongoing. This is not over yet. So this will not be finished just because the year 2020 is over. We're carrying on into 2021 with still restrictions. We're still missing family and we still aren't done with this. So don't put too much pressure on yourself of moving into 2021, having a brand new year and, you know, new year, new you. All that stuff is unhelpful. Nothing has magically changed just because the calendar moves from one year to the next. So give yourself a bit of time to reflect, to think, and know that the growth will come. So to help you with that, I'm going to do some specials around relationships. As a couples therapist, as well as clinical psychologist, I have asked a lot of questions this past year, and I've thought about this a lot when I wrote my book, The Lasting Connection, which is out in February. And I did some polls on Instagram, asking people if you felt that this year has brought you closer together or giving you more disconnect, bringing you closer together or further apart. And actually, there was a rather mixed response there. A lot of people felt that it's done both. That on the one hand, relying on each other, you know, being more as a team has helped you feel closer together. But having to rely on each other without any support from anyone else has also caused tension and friction. There's been maybe an unfair division of labour at home where one partner has taken more of the childcare and household tasks than the other. And on the other hand, having felt that actually perhaps you have more equality now than you've ever had because of flexible working and both partners being able to share things 50-50. So it really has to really depended on how these things have played out in your relationship. Dealing with hardship like being unemployed or furloughed, having financial insecurity, having had a baby in lockdown with no support, so much hardship. But what we can see is that the couples where they felt like a strong unit pre-pandemic, they have carried on using each other as support. They have carried on working together as a team. But those ones where there's been underlying problems already there, that's been exacerbated by this major stressor and it may have led to the connection rupturing altogether leading to divorce or separation. So I want to really finish this by thinking about how connection comes from surviving hard times together. 
if we let it. Connection isn't just about having good times together, celebrating love and warmth and all of that. It's also about getting through and sailing stormy seas together. So I hope you will join me in 2021 when I'll be starting to think a lot more about relationships. I'll be doing short snippets every other day of the month of January and February as long as I don't run out of steam because I'm trying not to put pressure on myself to to do this perfectly. But I do want to give back. I do want to give something to you guys who are listening who've had a shit show of a year. So I'm going to really try to bring my wisdom from from The Lasting Connection, the book that's coming out in February. And in these very short snippets, I'll be talking briefly about each concept that you can have as a five, ten minute takeaway and try something straight away. So the final thing I want to say about 2020 is that however hard it's been, however much you've realised about yourself, what lessons you've had from life and how you want to live it, and from love and how you need to grow it, is that you've done the best you could. We have all just been trying to get through this. So go easy on yourself. Make 2021 the year where you start to be kinder to yourself, taking better care of yourself. Not to be perfect, not to live your best life, not to have just good vibes only, but just because you deserve to be well. So as always, do your very best in taking care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm so that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm this episode of the pause purpose play podcast was presented by me Michaela Thomas and you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk and because great work rests on having a great team This episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.